Been cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pot. Been cooking with the sauce, yeah. Chef Curry with the pot. You already know it is. Yes. Congratulations to the Warriors for winning the NBA the sauce, title. Just like I told y'all they would. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is your man DM Cool, and welcome to Cool Radio. Yes, yes, yo, welcome back to the show. You're now tuned into CFRE 91.9 FM. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! We are live on the airwaves of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. Now, for those of you who are just tuning in, welcome to the show. The show just started. But, you know, there may not have been a few people who listened into that epic intro that I dropped uh, in regards to the Golden State Warriors winning the title and not the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, in case you didn't hear it, it would be my pleasure to run that through you again one more time. Let, let's uh listen in real quick. Been cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pop. Been cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pop. Been cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pop. Been cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pop. What? Yeah. Put it in the freezer. Chill quick. Up and Something, something for y'all, man. But uh, yes. You already know how happy I am. Congratulations to the Warriors for winning the title. Um, Cavs came close, but no cigar. I will give props to LeBron, though. He had arguably the best stat line in NBA Finals history. This man averaged about, what, thirty over 30 points, well over 30 points a game, well over 12 rebounds a game, and just shy of 10 assists a game. That is an insane stat line. Whether he should have been Finals MVP or not, that is currently up for discussion, and I wouldn't have been mad if they had given the MVP award for that because at the end of the day, he may have lost, or he may have lost rather, but he put up some Herculean numbers, man. That was crazy. So I got to give him props on that for sure. Um, on that note, though, I have a few things to get off my chest before my guest comes here. Uh, by the way, our guest for today is pop singer Anastasia. We will be talking about Canada Music Week. We will be talking about um, her business with Disney as well as other things. But... <clears throat> Pardon me. Before we get to that, again, some things to get off my chest, and this one is one doozy of a of a let that itch breathe moment. So, uh, without further ado, let's drop that real quick. Let this bitch breathe. Now, this has been a crazy week, a crazy week, and this happened last Friday actually. So. I, I did not get the chance to talk about this last week because, of course, we're on Thursdays um, from 4 to 5. Uh, basically, I want to talk about this Rachel Dolezal woman uh, from the United States, okay? Now, I'm sure you've already heard the story. The white woman who was pretending to be black uh, to be the head leader of a chapter of the NAACP somewhere in the southwestern United States, all right? We, we already know the background story. <clears throat> Let's just talk about it because I've been meaning to get this off my chest for a week. I've said a little bit here and there on Facebook and what have you, but this needs to be said on the microphone right now. So first things first, 
Um, black people aren't mad at the fact that she, you know, dressed up as a black person, pretend to be a black person. Actually, no, no. You know what? Let me pull that back, actually. Let me pull that back. Uh, we're not mad at the fact that she works for the NAACP. Like, you know, what? I'm not going to say we. I'm going to say me. All right. I'm going to speak for myself. All right. Other people may feel differently, but this is how I feel. This is how some other people uh, have felt as well. But I'm speaking for me. I personally am not mad at the fact that she identifies with, with black people, with black culture. She seems to be very fanatical about black culture, to say the least. She seems to be very passionate about it. And I respect that. I wholeheartedly respect that. However, what I'm annoyed about is the fact that she lied about her identity. And I think that's the bigger picture that people need to take a look at. It's not what she did as far as her work with the NAACP is concerned, her charitable work, whatever protest she was a part of, um, you name it. She did her thing. Good for her. Great on her. Like She's an advocate for, for, for the black movement, and I appreciate that. However, she could have done that as her white self. She didn't have to put on, you know, 10 more layers of makeup to see more fair skin. She didn't have to put on a, a coarse wig to be more Afrocentric. She didn't have to plagiarize herself as a black individual in order to do all of these things. She could have done it as herself. Had she done it as a white woman, it would have spoke louder volumes because of the fact that it shows that someone outside of the black community has empathy towards the black community because we've seen so many times over and over again over the last how long that people either don't care or they don't care to care at all. So it would have been nice had she stayed herself doing all these great and noble acts and still continuing on with it rather than just pretending to be blackface. And that's mainly what it comes down to. You are dressing up as blackface and that has some serious negative connotations to it. And it has been that ever since i would say at the very least the 1800s with menstrual shows and what have you so i don't think she understood the historical context of that and it's very ironic that she didn't because of the fact that she is an african-american studies teacher and these are the things that you have to bear in mind the fact that pretending to be a black person ironically enough being the head of a chapter of the naacp makes it seem like it's a joke now no one's saying that you have to be black in order to be a leader of a chapter of the NAACP. The, the NAACP was, was founded by a white person, for goodness sakes. No one is saying that. Again, like I said a couple minutes ago, you could have been white and still could have gotten that position. I don't think they would have looked at race and said, oh, well, you're a white person, so no, we're not going to have you the head. I mean, think about it like this. After this whole story blew up, the NAACP didn't even fire her. They, there was no mentions of any firings at all whatsoever. They didn't say they're going to take any type of action that would simulate that at all. Matter of fact, she was the one who stepped down herself because she was so embarrassed about what had transpired. So I think the main thing that needs to be said is that she would have had a lot more impact had she stayed herself. And also, later what came about the story afterwards is the fact that she tried to apply to uh, Howard University as a black person and then basically got turned down and then after afterwards she tried to sue for discrimination how are you going to try to sue for discrimination when you lied on a government document saying that you're african-american i don't know two wrongs doesn't make a right that's all i'm saying it sounds very contradictory also her backstory as well saying how she was born in south africa 
She was raised inside inside a teepee. I mean, she's she was going way too far. Like this is overcompensation on a whole nother level. Like I've heard of cultural appropriation, and then I've heard of cultural appropriation. This right here is cultural appropriation in and of itself. Never mind Eminem or Iggy Azalea being two white rappers who dominated the charts. That no, that is not cultural appropriation. This right here. Dressing up as blackface, pretending to be black, teaching a course about about uh, black hair and and the contextual aspects of it when you yourself are wearing a wig. That right there is cultural appropriation in and of itself. And let me just say this: this situation, <clears throat> pardon me, this situation right here is incomparable to the Caitlyn Jenner situation. Let me just say that one more time. Caitlyn Jenner and Rachel Dolezal's situations are completely separate. There is no comparison at all whatsoever. They contrast heavily. The main difference is that we're talking about someone who feels as if they were born as, uh, born as a, they were born as a man, but really they felt like they should be a woman. All right, that's a transgender issue. All right, that issue has been happening for so long, and the fact of the matter remains is that. Jenner was honest about these feelings. Like he made it publicly known for a very long time. Whereas this person, Rachel, has been lying about her identity for X amount of years. Now, a lot of people are trying to spin this and say, oh, well, now there is transracial. So how are you going to say that you are of a, a transracial background? How are you going to say you were born this ethnicity? But you feel that you should have been born this ethnicity. It makes no sense at all whatsoever. With her, this is a perfect example of white privilege. All right. And white privilege only sums up the fact that you are given the benefit of the doubt if you are a white person. Now, to say that you feel like you're born black, you can't really you you can't really sum that up because at the end of the day, you never had to go through some of the trials and tribulations that black people have had to go through. You can Wake up in the morning, dress up, put on your wig, and be black for a day, and then you can go home and wipe all that off. A black person, whether they're dark-skinned or light-skinned or in the middle, they can't do that. They have to live with the fact that they're going to be stereotyped. They're going to, they're going to be looked at upon prejudice. They're going to have to deal with all these stigmas for the rest of their life. They can't just wipe it off with rubbing alcohol and just call it a day. No. She can literally not feel like being pulled over by the police at any given day by taking off her wig and wiping off the foundation. That is an example of her abusing her white privilege. And these are one of the many reasons why a lot of black people were upset about this because she, they felt as if she was making a mockery out of the black race. I know she was trying to help, but she didn't have to go about it in this route. She did not have to. She could have done all of her work as a white woman and everyone would have been fine with it. That's all I got to say about the matter. What do you guys think? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool and also at cool underscore radio. Now, when we come back, we will try and get Anastasia in the building. She's still on her way here right now. The traffic is heavy. Uh, But in the meantime, pardon me, we are going to play some tunes. And this one, I dedicate this one solely Solely to Rachel, all right? This one right here is called You Ain't Gotta Lie from Kendrick Lamar off of his debut, not his debut, I'm sorry, his latest album, To Pimp a Butterfly. So, Rachel, on behalf of everyone who is black and who is white or any of 
any other ethnicity whatsoever, you ain't got to lie. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to play that tune right now, so keep it locked. We will be back after these messages. You already know how we do. Uh, yeah. Welcome back to the show, people. You are now tuned into CFRE 91.9 FM. It is your man, DM Cool. And you're now tuned into Cool Radio. Welcome back to the show. Now... We will be having our guest shortly arrive. She goes by the name of Anastasia. She is an up-and-coming pop singer from Canada. You already know how we do. So we're going to talk to her about the latest movements that she's been making thus far. Um, Before we get to that point, however, um, I just want to say, once again, that track right there, You Ain't Gotta Lie, dedicated to Rachel Dolezal and and anyone who fits her description. I mean, I'm still kind of shocked that she was able to carry on that lie or that facade for so long um the interesting about <coughs> pardon me the interesting about everything that's transpired thus far is the fact that it took her family like her parents to basically expose her uh, reaching out to local media outlets and basically saying hey you are not what you say you are basically and you know for the parents to do that it shows you how much there's a there's a disconnect between the parents and and Rachel herself. I mean, she's even she's even said that she didn't want to maintain any contact with them for fear of blowing her cover. Um, and what's interesting also is the fact that her parents have adopted four children, uh, all of them being of all of them being black. I think one of them is from Haiti. The other three are African American. And the interesting thing is she does have a black husband or a black boyfriend at the very least, and she is trying to take custody of one of her parents' adopted children, her sibling, essentially, and she's trying to adopt her or him so that she can pass him off as his son. I mean, if this is an overcompensation, then I don't know what is. I mean, if you want a black child that badly, then you have a boyfriend. You you guys can procreate. Unless if there's some complications you know, going on within you, then I can understand. But otherwise... You don't have to pawn off or sorry, you don't have to take one of your parents' children and try to pass them off as your own. I honestly think that this woman needs help. Like there is something psychologically happening within her mind that tells her, hey, I'm a black woman. I want to be part of the struggle. I mean, another thing that I picked up on was that she was sending hate mail to herself. Yes, hate mail. Um, <clears throat> and basically she got exposed for it because the the dates this, the sorry, the dates, the stamp, the stampings, like none of it added up. None of it added up as to where those addresses could have came from, or letters could have came from, rather. So she seems to think that being a black person in America means that you got to deal with, you know, hate mail on a regular basis. Like, are you doing that much just to prove that you are one with the black American community? And then you got people on the View, like Raven, who was forever a wankster who is basically trying to dismiss anything and everything that she has done negative in this whole little ordeal. At the end of the day, you can't you can't pass off as being black or pass off as being any other race. You can empathize with the race, with the culture, with the ethnicity that you want to connect to. You can do that by all means. Please empathize. We appreciate that 100%. But you can't pass off as a black person knowing damn well that you're not. I mean, the fake backstories, 
Um, the the tanning of this, or not the tanning, but the coloring of her skin, I guess. Uh, the wigs, the extensions she, she puts in. It's overcompensation on a whole nother level. I don't think she, well, as far as, you know, personal embarrassment, or whatever, I guess that's why she felt like she had to step down. Um, but I don't think she should be shunned for, uh, or she should be blackballed, rather, for uh, basically doing anything, you know, business related, you know, as far as being a part of the NAACP or some, you know, activist group or anything like that. She, she, she should still continue to do all of those things. I just don't think that she should continue to do that in blackface, basically. She needs to do that as herself. If she does that as herself, then everything will be okay. As my man Kendrick Lamar said in one of his other songs, uh, he said, the truth will set you free, so be completely honest. That's all he said in the song. And I feel as though he should, or she rather, should take that own advice and just keep moving forward with her life. Again, she can empathize, but don't pretend to be something you're not. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the main event has arrived in the building right now. Y'all already know how I'm big on supporting Canadian talent, and rightfully so, because we have a hotbed of Canadian talent in this country, and this artist I have sitting in front of me is no exception. This girl is making so many moves in the entertainment industry. She had a crazy performance at, at CMW last month. She is doing work with Family Channel, YTV, and Disney as a whole, and she has a whole bunch of other projects that are in the works, including a new single that we are going to play on this show, because you already know how we do with the exclusives. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about the lovely and talented Anastasia. Anna, thank you for coming to the show. What's up? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man. Thank you for coming. I know that uh, traffic was a little hectic, so I'm glad you were able to make it on time nonetheless. <laughs> thank you so much. No worries. No worries. So one of the things I, I just mentioned right now was CMW, and I wanted to get you on the show around that time so we could talk yeah. about it and you know be fresh or whatever. Couldn't talk about it then because you know some stuff happening over here, which is cool, but we got you here over now. So yeah. please tell me, how did CMW Week treat you? Oh, Canadian Music Week was amazing. Uh, every year, it's just jam-packed with so many crazy shows and activities. And this this year, I headlined at the Pop Showcase mm-hmm. um, at the Hard Rock Cafe. So we mm-hmm. had an entire, I think it was like nine-set show, mm-hmm. like a nine-show set. Um, well, nine songs, actually. And uh, yeah, it was incredible. We had a sold-out show, and uh, we also got to stop by and do a bunch of interviews at SiriusXM and all these other places. So it was a really good time for me, and I, I got to connect with some international um, like collaborators and things like that. So it was good. Absolutely. Yeah, I loved it. So like when, you, when you're in a situation like CMW and you're meeting all these people who are pretty much on the same playing field as you, they're up yeah. and coming, they're on the rise... How's it feel that you have like you know a whole bunch of people who can relate to you in that regard? Honestly, it's amazing because you feel like you have like a, a sort of like a support system, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's always very nice to sort of you know have other people like on your side and like have other people like sh- uh, tell you and showcase like what they went through. Mm-hmm. So being not only being like a label owner myself and mm-hmm. and just even just a artist and, and co-managing my career with my team. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's so important to meet people and, and sort of see what they went through and how, you know, what their do, to do's and don't, sorry, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Now you did mention that you are, that you run your own label. Yeah, um, I do. So being on the independent grind, like you have to wear so many hats. So, so many hats. how are you able to like car- compartmentalize everything and just kind of go about your, your daily ritual? 
you have to be crazy. Like you have to be a person that um, is not scared to hustle, a person that's not scared to uh, take a risk and lose everything. Mm-hmm. And you just have to go hard. You have to go 100% and like every hour to the hour. And I think that for me, like I, I think that having that strong team and those really good people around you mm-hmm. um, makes such a big difference. I mean, there's a lot of good people at that are good at what they do in terms of like promotions teams or, you know, like PR and marketing, but you want to get the right people that actually give a crap about you and that are, you know, they will. I had to, I had to, I'm sorry. You you hit the nail on the head. You can go through a lot of companies in this business and you can, you can go through a lot and you can lose a lot of money, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, I feel like, you know, it's not about networking. It's about great relationships. Mm. And I feel like that's what kind of gets you through uh, to that long haul, you know, you get, you gotta, you gotta have these people that you could trust and that at the end of the day, like work is work, but mm-hmm. you know that, uh, they're a good person and that they'll work hard for you. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, going to the trusting, I'm glad you mentioned that actually, how are you able to, uh, you know, blur, not blur the line, so to speak, but how are you able to, uh, decipher between, you know, business relationships and then just, you know, people who you are friends with, who want to help you, uh, within your career as well. Um, I think that you just have to be like a business savvy person in the first place to Mm -hmm. sort of understand that fine line between business and friendships and stuff. And I feel like, um, you know, after just the first few years after, you know, I started with universal and then I created my own label after I feel like when I learned all these things and I had my ups and downs and I still do, like I always Mm -hmm. do, but when you have the downs, you learn a whole lot of like, a whole lot of like really important lessons like you you go you hit the ground like running you know you you think like everything is just great and then all of a sudden it's like nope we're not playing the single or oh it's not radio ready or something like Mm -hmm. that just something that just a music exec person thinks that day whether they're in a good mood or a bad mood Mm -hmm. and it can crush you so what you learn is you know those really good relationships with people go a long way because you're not just always calling people and saying, Hey, can you do me a favor? Or, Hey, can you try to get me access to this? Like mm-hmm. you're, you can actually call them and say, Hey, when are we going? Like, yeah. what do we got lined up? So it's really important to, um, to keep business and friendship <coughs> separate. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if you get too like I've, I've seen, uh, I've seen people really lose a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. with just getting too, too close with some of their work colleagues. Absolutely. Yeah. And no, I agree. Like you got to keep everything separate so that everything is a bit more balanced in that regard. Yeah. Um, I'm sure like it would, it would annoy you as well to hear a label say, Oh, this isn't radio ready. So oh, yeah. like <laughs> now that you have your own label, like how do you decipher what's ready for you to put out and what isn't ready? Um, well, I think that I have like people that I'm, you know, I'm now able to send stuff over and say, Hey, is this legit? Like I've got really close with a lot of stations and, and, uh, radio programmers and trackers and stuff. So I'm, I'm able to sort of take it to them and say, Hey, like, give me your honest opinion. Like, what do you guys think of this? And like, what should I do? But at the same time, and like, I, I feel my heart and my mind telling me like screaming this right now in my head. And it's saying, Mm -hmm. don't listen to like everyone's opinion mm-hmm. on what it is. Cause I've had people tell me, Oh, this is, this is crap. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, like you get all these huge like press outlets or even family channel being like, we love it. Like mm-hmm. let's put it on. So mm-hmm. I've had my heart broken many times by different people's opinions, but I think that you should just, you go back inside and you, you trust your gut and like you trust your art. Like, you, yes. you know, not everyone's going to love what you put out. Mm-hmm. So just put out what it is that you, wrote and sang in the first place and exactly. allow the people that are going to gravitate to it, gravitate to it and, and just like 
just stay strong, you know? Exactly. And just believe in yourself because yeah. if a major outlet like Family Channel is going to believe in you, then yeah. who's to say you can't do that for yourself? It's Honestly, it's really hard though. It's mm-hmm. hard. As, as you get like better and better and as you get deeper into the music industry and you're working with these like people who are running things and stuff, you can very easily be like, oh, oh is you, it's not good? Okay, okay, well, I'll try harder. Like you... You can really fall deep into that. Mm-hmm. It's really like you have to you have to really stay strong and say, you know what? Um, no, it is good. Like maybe I'll send it somewhere else. You have to be like you have to have the balls to actually exactly. say, okay, you won't take it. I'm going to take it to someone else. Exactly. Who will take it. You got to put your foot down. Yeah, that's you what it comes down to. to. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things about, you know, being like uh, your own independent boss in a sense. You got to be very assertive. You got to be comf- uh, not comfortable, but confident rather yeah. in the stance that you take. Yeah. Now, let's talk a little bit about Family Channel because I did mention that uh, earlier. Um, so how did this come about with Family Channel? Because this is insane. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I think it was always like a, a big life dream of mine since I was a little girl. Like mm-hmm. I used to watch Disney and Family Channel and oh, be like, yeah. oh my gosh. We I all just, did. I want to be, like, <laughs> be that Britney Spears girl. Yeah. Or like, you know, and um, I don't know. Like what happened was I was I was doing school and I was really engulfed in, into that. And then mm-hmm. um, I had moved to Toronto to like try to make something of myself with mm-hmm. music and modeling. Absolutely. And um, I went on this trip to BC and then I came back and I, I literally just was like, you know what? I'm going to work on a record with these guys from BC, these mm-hmm. producers. And I put it together and I started sending it out to a couple of people. And I, I got locked down with this guy that had a distribution deal with Universal and had a, la- a sub-label with Universal. And uh, we just put it out. And after that, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go hard or go home. So I just I w- reached out and I messaged everybody. spent like eight hours a day mm-hmm. on the internet yeah. and got invited to this Pitbull like after party okay. concert that he was doing at the ACC. And yeah. um, I was there with Flo Rider and he's like, you are really cute. And yeah. you know, you're like one of those little like Disney family channel chicks. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm looking <laughs> yes. at Flo Rider right now. And by the way, he's like, it like, was almost like cracking my neck to look up at him because he's so big and like tall. And yeah. I'm, I'm like, this is a little thing. And I'm just like, oh. And he's like, you should go over and talk to the family channel people. They're right there. There's two girls there. Go talk to them. So I said, okay. So I walked right up to them and I said, hi, my name is Anastasia and I'm a pop singer and a writer and I work with all these guys. I kind of just like, I don't know, fluffed it a bit. I was yeah. just like, yeah, you're I'm like, here. So, you're I'm, selling I'm yourself. I'm killing it. You know, you're like, selling yourself. It's all you got good. to. Yeah. yeah. So I was selling myself and then, and then they're like, sure, send us over your stuff. And I sent over that first single that I wrote, yeah. the first single that I put out. And I had it actually, it wasn't even out yet. It was about to come out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they said, we love it. We'd love to, f- we'd love to give you a, like a distribution premiere feature. So uh, after that, it's been like really fast after that. I, I can imagine <laughs> that. That is insane. So what do you have uh, going forward with Family Channel now? Um, well, we just released uh, my brand new single called I Got You. Which we will be playing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually the fourth single premiered exclusively to Family. So that's really exciting for me. Um, and yeah, I mean like they're, they're doing a lot of, um, they're doing a lot of stuff like big ticket summers and stuff. So I'm really yeah. working towards getting on that bill soon. Hopefully I, I jump on, on it after I come back from the States for some other years to come or mm-hmm. we'll see. But I mean, right now I'm focusing on uh, writing and stuff and mm-hmm. going out to the States and collaborating with people. So I'm not really sh- too sure what's going to be next aside from like the family channel stuff. Exactly. I think I might just like surprise everyone and come out with something really crazy and just um you know take it to the next level exactly and <laughs> hey you know what we'll cross that bridge when we get to yeah. it how about that <laughs> all right so we're gonna talk more about all this great stuff but before we get on to that 
We like to play some games around here with the guests. Like to make them okay. feel at home and all comfortable and what have you. So with that being said, we have to play this one game, which is a mainstay with everyone. And this one is called I'd Quit the Game. Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it. All right. Okay. So this is the way the game works. So you are the eligible bachelorette. You know, you're living life. You're doing your thing. Everything is wavy and gravy. All right. However, there comes a point in time in everyone's life, man or woman, where they've got to quit the game. They've got to settle down. You know, I have a family, the white picket fence with a tire swing, apple pie cool on the windowsill. You already know how that goes. <laughs> if yeah. you had to quit the game for one of these two gentlemen that I've handpicked, who would you quit oh. the game for? Oh, yeah. It, it gets real here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Would you quit the game for Ryan Gosling? Or would you quit the game for Channing Tatum? Um, Channing Tatum, for sure, yeah. Okay, and why Not Channing Ryan Tatum? Uh, um, I think Ryan Gosling's like, I think he's like too skinny and intense for me. Really? I think I kind of like just like someone that will get in there and play a baseball game and like uh-huh. barbecue some stuff. Exactly. He, he seems like more of like that type of dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. And with Channing, he's more of like... He's the, like more buff, you know? Okay, so you like, you like the muscular. You like the muscle on muscle. A little bit, yeah. So basically, when you saw Flo Rider, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it's Flo Rider, okay? Yeah. Fair enough. It's Flo Rider. It's Flo Ladies and gentlemen, we have Anastasia in the building. We're going to have a lot of fun on this show. I can definitely tell. And uh, before we get to more of her, we're actually going to get to more of her right now, actually, because we're about to play her new single, which is entitled I Got You. And uh, Anna, before we play the song, uh, what can you tell us about this uh, single real quick? I wrote, I co-wrote this single with uh, Billboard top charting artist Scotty James, mm-hmm. um, and he's actually a country singer. So this is a really nice type of like acoustic vibe to mm-hmm. it. It's like kind of like stripped down, authentic, mm-hmm. and um, it's just about like how a guy and a girl and their take on you know, breaking each other's heart, but even like still being obsessed with each other kind of deal. So yeah, uh, we've all been it. there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to play this joint right now. And when we come back, we got trip talk coming up. All right. Keep it locked. This is cool radio. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You're now tuned to CFRE 91.9 FM. It is your man DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Welcome back to the show, people. If you are just tuning in, I have the lovely and talented Anastasia in the building. Say what's up to the people. Hi. You already know what it is. So you already know how we like to do this portion of the show. This one is called Trip Talk. Three topics in three minutes. We're going to speed right through them. And basically, and I'm just going to get your take on it. You don't have to be an expert on it. No one is. We just want the opinion, basically. Okay. <laughs> so the first one up. You know, Chris Brown and her and his ex-girlfriend, Karichi Tran, they've been uh, trading some words with each other on Twitter lately. And basically, uh, Chris Brown has been caught allegedly stalking her wherever she's been going to, trying to break into her car at one point in time. Something crazy like that. Oh, my God. And even he's been kind of talking a little crazy about her in interviews, basically. Like, how crazy? Like, we're talking like... You know, um, she's still obsessed with me, like kind of crazy. Whereas, yeah. basically, you're the one that's stalking her, so who's really obsessed, <laughs> right? So she has been mentioning Chris Brown in in her interviews as well. But people are basically asking her, you know, what's the deal between you and uh, you and him? Like, how has it been since the breakup? Those normal types of questions, and yeah. all she's been doing is answering them. Um, however, in one interview, she basically said for Chris Brown to man up 
and own up to what mistakes he made in their relationship, basically. Ooh. And everyone just lost their minds, like, oh, Ooh. no, she did it. So yeah. uh, what's your take on their problematic relationship? <laughs> I don't know. I think they should just figure it out. Like, figure mm. it out, you yeah. know? I, I feel like um, it's 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 kind of dramatic. However, cr- like, you know, it's it's hard being an artist and, and a person in the spotlight and have any type of regular relationship. I think that uh, being someone like Chris Brown um, could get very upsetting, you know, like mm-hmm. you're looking at stuff in the tabloids, you're you're listening to all these people chirp in your ear about what she's doing, what you're doing, who mm-hmm. you are. You kind of get caught up in that mess and like that can get someone very jealous and oh, that yeah. can also get someone really worked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, like Chris Brown is a, is a very successful... <laughs> awesome artist like mm-hmm. he he can have anyone he wants so if, if yeah. she doesn't want him then like she's got to figure it out like exactly step aside <laughs> really i mean chris brown he's a very conflicting individual i mean it just made it got made public that he has a child with another woman and what have you so yeah he, now he's i mean but who doesn't i mean i'm not saying i don't yeah, I, yeah, course, I do or anything but i'm just saying like there's so many things that Everybody, like everybody's got skeletons in their closet. Everybody is going through their own things, and everyone's experiencing their own dramas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just so happens to be that he's a recording artist in the in the spotlight. So it's like yeah. so easy to be like, "Ooh, you exactly. got a you got a child with someone else." It's like so what? Like <laughs> how many other people? Your best friends probably have a child with someone else. It's like who cares? You know? Exactly. It's not I that think big for deal. him because he, he seems to have like this. Um, he always has like these frequent like freakouts. Yeah. Especially like in public. I think the best thing for him to do is just to stay off social media because social yeah. media for him is not his friend. No. And I think he needs to like rearrange his friends as well. Like you were saying earlier, keep business and friends separate. Yeah. I think he needs to keep the business aspect very strong in his career because I feel like he has too many yes men in his ear saying, oh, yeah, do that, do that, do that. Yeah, talk about this, talk about that. Yeah. So like, I think he needs to have some people who are very constructive and will give him the honest answer that he needs to hear not the one he wants to hear yeah. but the one he needs to hear yeah he needs to hear some stuff yeah i think we all need to hear stuff you know what i mean absolutely yeah. like more music from anastasia i'm just <laughs> saying <laughs> <laughs> anyways let's keep it moving shall we um so drake had a huge party in uh in his uh, la mansion uh, yeah. this past week and everyone and everyone was there so Basically, you had the game over there. You had Kanye over there. Like it was pretty much a who's who in the uh, urban pop realm. Um, one person who was there who made it kind of awkward was his uh, ex girlfriend Amber Rose. Oh. So she was there, and the minute he found out that she was there, he left, trying to avoid all the awkwardness and what have you. So um, is that why his picture on Instagram or whatever is just that picture of him solo at the mansion right now just like kind of leaning over that ledge or something I think so yeah I think he might be trying to say something with that exactly like yeah. I see you I see you watching <laughs> yeah. but uh, what's your take on that though I don't know I, you know like I feel like I would have just stayed. I would have just like owned it and been like, "Hey, yeah. this is my party or whatever." Mm-hmm. So the fact that he left, it could it could insinuate that there is something still between them. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Right? I mean, he made an entire album about her essentially. Yeah. So <laughs> who knows what what could have been there? And you know, it wasn't so long ago. I think it was sometime within the year that like he was talking about Amber in one of his interviews that he did. So my thing is, if you don't care about the person, then like you wouldn't have been saying all the things that you said in that interview in the first place. Yeah. So there's definitely still something there. I mean, I think he should just keep it out of his mind because he does have a wife now. He does have a child now. I guess maybe he was trying to avoid any confrontation with her so that if someone did take a picture, then they would have spun in and be like, That's oh. That's smart, though. It's you have smart. to do that. It's because you know what? Like, 
I could not imagine just being at a party somewhere and then someone just taking a picture of me like, you know, in the midst of a hug. And then that's like the, the picture that's captured is like yeah. you like looking at that person. And then all of a sudden you got to explain oh, yourself. Man. What? I mean, it's like memes. You know, you can take a simple frame of someone oh, yeah. and then you can paint it into the most hilarious thing possible. Yeah. And that would have been no exception because we all know Kanye. He's, he's married to like the Arguably one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah. Um, he has a child on the way. He already has a child right now. So it could have been negative press for him. So from that standpoint, if that's the main reason why he decided to uh, peace out, yeah. then I have no problem with that. That's actually pretty smart. I'm just going to tell you right now, you just never freaking know what people are up to in terms mm-hmm. of press and publicity. Like yes. there are some crazy stuff like Nicki Minaj apparently had a bunch of her butt. Uh, cutouts uh-huh. on the second step of like a church or something. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. Actually. It's like I heard about this last week on a Nick, church. N- Nicki Minaj. Okay, so it was like 150 cutouts of her butt, or even more, uh-huh. just placed on like the second or third steps of a church like step, and and there was like all this commotion about it it's like you never know like her PR team could have been like, all right, we're gonna put like 150 cutout butt pictures of Nicki Minaj's butt on a church step because this might get p- the people talking, you know? But See why that? a church, though? Because like, it's provocative. <laughs> it gets the people going. <laughs> like, I could I could um, understand Madonna doing that because that's, like, very Madonna-esque. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's a little... I, I, I totally missed the boat on that one. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and let's go to the final topic on Trip Talk. Uh, Chris Rock. Now, he is in the middle of a divorce with his wife of 20 years, basically. Oh. And uh, basically, she is wanting uh, a lot out of the settlement, basically. So right now, there's no prenup. Uh, but basically, Chris Rock's net worth is roughly around $70 million. Okay. And basically, she wants as much of that pie as possible. And basically, she's uh, trying to argue the fact that she needs the money for uh, spousal support, basically. So she wants to have enough money that she can still maintain the lifestyle yeah. that she's been living for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. They have two kids together. Um, what is your take on this? <laughs> I've heard I've been hearing a lot about this whole maintaining lifestyle stuff. Yeah. It's a huge deal. Like no, seriously uh-huh. it is. Um if you are going to get a divorce and you get a divorce, better be prepared this of this whole lifestyle thing. Like yeah. it's a real thing yeah. and the courts are really serious about it. Like if you if you even have like even if you're if the the kid is not even like maybe even if he's 18 mm-hmm. or she's she or he's 18, <laughs> they still have to make payments every month to sustain that child's lifestyle and what they yeah. were brought in so same with the wife and the husband thing like it's hard um what my take on it yeah. I, I don't know i don't really know it sounds like it. you just gave your take on it <laughs> well think about it i mean like y- you create a life with someone yeah. and you're used to this stuff and like imagine kind of like things not working out like say say you and i were married right yeah, and sure. then stuff didn't work out with mm-hmm. us and then all of a sudden you or i had to figure out how the heck we're going to not be in poverty because mm-hmm. all of a sudden we have all these payments that we got to make and exactly. like we were doing it together yeah. and like all of a sudden one of us didn't really want to work as hard and was lazy to make it work and yeah. like I don't know I think it's I think it's fair because it's sort mm-hmm. of like it's a if it, if marriage is a mutual thing then mm-hmm. it should be a mutual thing on the way out as well like exactly. you should be able to help each other out a like bit, both you know? parties should like they walk should away both, knowing yeah. that both hands are clean and what exactly, have you yeah you know what in this situation I do agree that there should be some sort of she should be awarded some sort of settlement that will help maintain the lifestyle mainly because of the fact they were married for 20 years that's a long time that's, that's a not very like long time. three years and she's like oh give me your money yeah, thank it's, you it's that's not exactly like it. that it's 20 
20 freaking years yeah. of watching him walk around in his like little freaking boxers and right? like, the shit she could putting out the garbage and all that right? that's a lot of work like 20 years like yeah. 1990 what 96 like we were still watching family channel back oh, then shit. Yeah. you know what i yeah. mean yeah. so it's like i totally get it now and like you said and i was thinking this as well like if there's some girl that he dated for like a year or two she's like oh i want no. all that money or whatever she deserves it exactly you know what i mean does, like yeah. she earned it two not, kids. not saying she earned it because like whatever but mm. it's she she did earn it in an yeah. aspect where she gave a big part of her life to it exactly. and uh, i think that you know i'm sure she contributed like some people work and some yeah. people contribute like emotionally exactly. you know what i mean and that's just as valuable as like a <clears throat> like bringing in actual cash money you mm-hmm. know what i mean and keep in mind she was also working uh a job as a pr agent before they had the kids so when they had the kids she kind of Push that to the side so that yeah. he, she could help raise the kids yeah, as well. She sacrificed. She, she did, was yeah. there, and like, I mean, sometimes things don't work out, and like, sometimes things aren't forever. But I think that, like, you know, you have to check yourself and be like, okay, what? It, like, you know, you have to just kind of calm down for a bit and be like, okay, maybe this does make sense. Maybe mm-hmm. I do. Have, like, how greedy can you be? Like, you know, it was a person that you loved for twenty years. So exactly. Yeah. So I think it should go down. I agree one hundred percent. Like usually I'd be against this, depending on what the situation is, but this time <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm fully with it, man. I'm fully with it. So Chris, what do you gotta do? Pay up as much as you can that you think is reasonable. Yeah, figure and it just, out. You know, call it at that. <laughs> but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, Anna, it's time to get old school. Woo-hoo! Um are you ready to get old school? I'm always ready to get old school. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the throwback Thursday track of the day. It's time to get old school. Let's hit it. Y'all already know. Now, this track right here, I've been on my early 2000s tip for a couple of weeks now, and this one right here is no exception. This track came out, or actually the album came out in about 2004 uh, from a singer who was once part of one of the biggest boy bands you know, during that era, and he decided to break single. Uh, and this track right here was one of the biggest singles that came off of his 2004 self-titled album. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Omarion, and this is the Pharrell-produced track, Touch. So when we come back, we are going to give you the wanks of the week. Who will that be? You will find out. Stay tuned, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on, people? It's your boy, Femi Lassin, and man, me. Uh, it's your man, Bo Pinto, at Bo Pinto. Jay Hood from the Toronto Argos. You are now tuned in. Cool! Cool! Radio 91.9 FM. It's an amazing interview. I had an amazing experience. I had an amazing time. The best radio show experiences I've had ever. Stay tuned for the hottest in news, hip-hop, entertainment, and everything. Every Thursday at 8 p.m. Big shout-out to DM Cool. Good vibes. Love you, man. You're famous. I love it. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. You're now tuned into CFRE 91.9 FM. It is your man, GM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I still have the lovely and talented Anastasia in the building. Hey. You already know how we do. Now, it is that time of the show where we get to roasting, ladies and gentlemen. Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery? Who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to give you this week's Wankster of the Week. So with that being said, I think it's time to drop on them just like this. Now, this week's Wankster of the Week goes to none other, the cast and crew 
and creators of an upcoming reality show called Only in the Six. Now, the trailer for this show came out, I think, last night. I just saw the trailer last night, so it could have came out earlier. But nonetheless, it was brought to my attention last night and became <laughs> the talking point of social media everywhere. Now, this reality show is based in Toronto, unfortunately, and it's no different from what you see on, let's say, Love and Hip Hop or Real Housewives of whatever, Buttcrack City in America, um, Basketball Wives, whatever the case may be. Now, this show features a bevy of people who are from Toronto within the urban entertainment scene. Some of them are models. Some of them are artists. Some of them... Just got Instagram famous. Who who knows what it is? And I just watched the trailer, and I'm just watching it and watching it, and it's nothing more than a bunch of generic, you know, gen- just generic played out reality show quote unquote stereotypes. Like you have you have the hot girl click, you have the one guy who's trying to get with the girl in the hot uh, hot girl click, you have. The awkward person. It was just, it was just a mashup of everything that I've seen on reality TV. And the only difference between that and this is that it is in Toronto. And that's my beef right there. We're already trying to do so much as a great city to rise above what we have known as a screw face capital mentality. But now we have a reality show that can pretty much ruin that entire foundation to its core and bring us back to where we were for the next 20 years. I don't want to see about a girl who wants to go and get butt implants done so that she can be on the cover of King Magazine. I don't want to see a reality show about a rapper who isn't that good and who's trying to connect with this guy in the third and name drops Drake like he knows the guy when he really doesn't. And I don't want to see a whole bunch of prima donnas fighting over nothing and I don't want to see fake tears. Reality show these days are not reality shows. They are a parody of reality because at the end of the day, the way these people are living and going about their lives, that's not how everyday people live. These people aren't even famous. They are trying to be famous by doing infamous activities. So do I want to see the show in Toronto? Hell no. I don't even (laughs) want to see the show in Timbuktu. I don't want to see the show anywhere at all because it's nothing but a bunch of garbage. We were better off with love and hip hop and that show is already terrible as enough as it is. It's bad enough that we have one coming in Toronto. It is a bad representation of the city. I mean, it's bad enough that our sports teams can't win. And it's bad enough that the talent that we have in Toronto doesn't get enough shine other than Drake. So now we got to have this BS reality show come to our city. This is one I want to see right here. I don't want any major television network picking this up. And I sure as hell don't want the internet picking it up as well. Because if the internet picks it up, it'll probably be just as worse if it was on a major station. Because with the internet, it can go viral in a heartbeat. It can go worldwide. That's the problem. At least if it was on local TV, only people within your region can see it and embrace and shame. But no, this thing has the potential of going viral. And I just don't want to see it go through that. If this show blows up, then all of us, besides from Jake, will be running through to six with all of our woes <laughs> do you deserve the wanks of the week the cast crew and creators of only in the six of course you do i hope this show never sees the light of day and i hope this does not happen in the six because the six doesn't need any of this shit with that being said it's time to drop that w one more time just like this Sorry, wrong drop. One more time, people. You already got me twisted up in the game, what have you. Anyways, do you deserve this wankster? Of course you do. Anna, what is your take on this? 
that I I'm totally with you on this one. I don't want that crap here. I don't want it either. I mean, I remember way back in the day when Jersey Shore was popular and CTV was oh, in the reality works. TV like that yeah. sucks. It's it so really it's not makes us stupid. It is, and like now that you have like social media and everything, it just everything is just so distorted. I always say this: media constructs reality, but social media distorts it. Yeah. And I feel like this is a prime example of it distorting the reality. Like people are gonna watch this and think that this is how people in Toronto live. This is. Far from the truth of how people in Toronto live. I do not want that. No. Have you seen the trailer by any chance? No. <laughs> okay. I, I don't think you should. It, like Those are like five minutes of your life that you will never be able to get back. Oh, my god! It's definitely five minutes I could never get back. It just sounds, sounds crazy. <laughs> it's very crazy. Not a good kind of crazy, too. Um, but, yeah, definitely I do not want to see this show airing anytime soon at all <laughs> on any type of outlet whatsoever. Um, on that note, uh, before we head off, um, where can the people find you on social media? Everything at Anastasia A Music. So Twitter at Anastasia A Music, Instagram, mm-hmm. and my website is www.anastasiaamusic.net. That's what's up. And uh, I have uh, some paraphernalia over here, if you will. Ooh. Uh, we got a little album over here, about yes. eight tracks deep. Or no, sorry, six tracks with two bonus tracks. But yes. no, eight, you know, who's counting though, right? <laughs> um, when, did the, when was this released actually? Um, I would say, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Not too long ago. Yeah. But still long ago. Okay. I don't know the dates because I don't even know where I am right now. Because you're moving so fast <laughs> right now. It's really busy right now. But um, I think it came out like <laughs> six months ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd bring it for you guys. It's Thank called you. Something Inside You is the album. Definitely got to give this a bump. Yeah. We will play this on Cool Radio, no doubt. So Sounds I appreciate good. the gift. Um, and do you have any new projects coming in the works right now? Yeah, I do. I have my new single out right now called I Got You, uh-huh. uh, which you guys just featured. And yes, that's yes. on Family Channel and Disney. And um, I'm actually going to spend the next year writing my new album and collaborating. So I'm going to be leaving to the States next week. That's what's up. Yeah. Well, Anastasia, when you come back, you already know you can come kick it with Cool Thank Radio you. at any point in time. Just... I'll come back with pizza. Oh, my God. See, you're you're just so, like if you want if you want me like you just just say it right now. Like, hey, I, I didn't know you liked pizza or anything, or I would have brought that. Listen, I love pizza more than the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All right. Oh wow, that's a big statement. It, it's a huge statement. I live by it. Uh, but all once right. again, though, thank you for coming through. You're welcome. Thank you to so come much for having anytime. me. Anytime, my pleasure, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. You already know how to reach me. Reach me on Twitter at dm underscore cool, or you can follow the show at cool underscore radio. I'm fine with either one. Um, any video clips that you want to see of the show. You can catch them on YouTube. Cool radio, cool in caps. We have the hottest video clips on there. Make sure you check it out. A lot of good laughs. Also, if you are just tuning in and you missed this episode, which you shouldn't have, it's okay because DM got you. We will fully podcast a full episode of this and post it on SoundCloud. Make sure you follow us on SoundCloud once again (laughs) at cool underscore radio. Everything's cool underscore radio, basically, to keep it simple for you guys. But anyways, that's enough of my time. I got to go. Big shouts to my man Trixie. We'll be performing his stand-up comedy at the Rose Theater tonight in Brampton. Make sure you're there to catch some good laughs. And as for that, I am out of here, people. Keep it gravy and wavy. Peace! Cool!